News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's FAQ NYC, the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers. The city. I'm Christina Greer here with Katie Honan and Harry Siegel. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi there. Let's get right in with some of the news from another jam-packed week in New York. It turns out there may be some local fallout to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. As the city's Greg David reports, Signature Bank, which is based in New York and in recent years started focusing on cryptocurrency, is also a major lender to developers and landlords here, especially those who own rent-regulated buildings. With Signature Bank also going down, there's less competition, so lenders may well be able to charge more for loans as building owners seek to refinance existing loans or buy new properties. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg last week signaled to Donald Trump's lawyers that criminal charges could be imminent for his role in paying hush money to porn star Stormy Daniels, according to multiple publications. The former president was offered the chance to testify this week before the grand jury. People familiar with the investigation told the New York Times, and that almost always means the indictment is coming. Why in that ointment may be the Bragg? who declined right when he came to office to pursue a separate case against Trump that uh, other prosecutors that stayed on had started under his predecessor because he wasn't confident he could win that novel case, now appears to be about to take his own complicated bank shot. Like the way this works is the hush money can only become a felony if the DA can prove that that was paid out, which would be Michael Cohen's testimony, in the service of another felony, uh, presumably that being that the hush money was also an undisclosed contribution to Trump's 2016 campaign. But that's a new and untested legal theory that Alvin Bragg would have to convince a judge and then a jury to accept to win a conviction. So stay tuned. Uh, Over in Albany, the state Senate and Assembly, both with Democratic supermajorities, are rolling out their own one-house budgets that notably do not include a lot of Governor Hochul's signature budget priorities. In a sign that lawmakers don't see all that much reason to yield to Hochul's plans and proposals at this point, and we could be in for an interesting fight, will be, and we could be in for a late budget. Um, Days after, Hochul's uh, Penn Station redevelopment plan went completely poof. She put the kibosh on Cuomo's air train to LaGuardia. So Hochul said the cost of balloon from $450 million when it was first announced under her predecessor, 2015, to an estimated $2.4 billion. The air train plan was contingent on having travelers take the 7 train or the LIRR past the airport to then get on this uh, light rail system for what was nonetheless dubbed a uh, one-seat ride by Cuomo. As an alternative, Hochul's proposing improving the Q70 bus from Woodside and Jackson Heights and another shuttle from the NW to Astoria. I know Katie's got more to say about this just a little later in the show, but finally, uh, this is uh, maybe uh, news about, about something not making much news. It does not appear the many New Yorkers are actually turning into Phil Mag's new weekly online briefings. Uh, the quietly started last month and are ostensibly there to let the previously almost never seen in public deputy mayor for public safety also unindicted co-conspirator in a old federal bribery case, take questions directly from regular citizens. But in fact, this is, you know, him him on the YouTube answering pre-selected ones. Uh, while, you know, a few reporters listen, try to ask questions. Um, which brings us to Professor Greer. You 
unlike most New Yorkers, have heard directly from banks and about, as I understand it, how stop and frisk was supposedly just a figment of your imagination. Uh, Chrissy, since our show does have some actual New Yorkers tuning in, do you want to fill them in about Phil? Yeah. You know, when I think of Phil Banks, the first thing that comes to my mind is this guy. You know, sometimes you just see people and you're like, ugh, this guy. That's who I think of. So I'm at this event at SEPA at Columbia University. And Bratton's supposed to be there, but he can't make it. So Phil Banks comes in. He's on the panel. So I raise my hand. Of course, you know, I've got preguntas. So I have a question. So so Bratton's the commissioner at this point, right? And Phil Banks yeah. is is the top uniform guy in the NYPD. Right. right. So he's, you know, Bratton can't make it for whatever reason. Phil Banks is on the panel, uh, subbing, subbing in. So it's, you know, policing panel. Esther Fuchs, who's a friend of the podcast, convenes it. And so I ask a question. Essentially, this is, you know, stop and frisk is still a very important issue at the time. You know, obviously, we know this is how de Blasio becomes uh, the 109th mayor of New York City because of the issue of stop and frisk and, you know, putting Dante in the commercial and the rest is history. So I say, I ask the question to Officer Banks, you know, what do you say to communities who are afraid of both the cops and the robbers? Right. So there's some communities that are, yes, there's a lot of crime and they're afraid of people who commit that crime. But they're also very much afraid of the police officers who come into their communities. So first things first, he does what men do when they don't want to answer a question. They pretend like I asked the question incorrectly. So he's like, can you repeat the question? It's a very gendered and sometimes racialized way of sort of trying to diminish someone who's asking you something directly. So I was like, "Okay, let me rephrase since you don't understand this direct ask question. So what do you say to community members who are very much worried about crime in their neighborhoods, but they're also definitely afraid of police officers in their neighborhood because of stop and frisk, because they have sons and sometimes daughters who are being harassed by police officers and they've done nothing. And he essentially tells me in a room full of people that stop and frisk is a figment of my imagination. Sir, pull it together. So then afterwards, he proceeds to double down and we end up talking after the panel. And uh, there's a colleague of ours who's also a friend of the show, but I don't know if she feels like telling the story. So I'll leave her name out of it. But she essentially says that, you know, she lives in a part of Brooklyn that's gentrified and, you know, it's black and white. And she's got a son who, you know, has a mixed group of friends, black, white, other. And one of her son's friends who's black was hanging out with his white friends on a day that they had off. It's like a private school day off. You know, the joke is the more you pay for school, the less they're in school. So they're one of these like teacher development days. They're not in school. They're palling around Brooklyn. They get stopped and only the black boys harass the white boys, you know, sort of watch their friend get harassed. And they're horrified because it's a same class situation. And they know him, you know, from the Hamptons and all the things, but they're, they're mortified. This man, Banks, proceeds to tell my friend slash colleague, that this young boy was probably in a gang. And that's why he was out of school. And his parents probably don't know the illicit activity that he's into. And I mean, like, I'm sitting there looking at this man with my jaw on the ground. And I was just like, you don't get it. The definition of not getting it is the picture of this man. So, yeah, I've got beef. Um, And I, I've as I've said on this podcast tons and tons of times, I want to give Eric Adams the benefit of the doubt. 
I do think that he cares about this city. I do think he cares about Black people. I have real serious concerns and questions about some of the people who surround him, Phil Banks being the first person. Just uh, for listeners who don't know this full history, uh, Banks is there. He's widely rumored to be a top candidate to be the next commissioner after Braddon. Can you uh, He then abruptly resigns. It comes out not that long afterward, and there's a lot of sort of gossipy palace intrigue at the time about what this is about, that he is a uh, unindicted co-conspirator in a case involving uh, these two guys from Brooklyn, uh, Recknitz and Reichburn, Joan and Jeremy, who had been bribing the mayor and bribing lots of members of the NYPD, allegedly, uh, as this went to trial. Uh, one of those members was acquitted of taking the bribes. One of those two bribers pleaded guilty. The other was convicted of giving the bribes. Uh, de Blasio, who's one of the people they were bribing, was never charged. They were going to fancy dinners with banks, like steakhouses, uh, hanging out and kicking their heels up in his office while he wasn't there and telling the cops on the way in to salute them and flying some of these officers around the world while giving them uh, bribes and, uh, uh, and provided prostitutes and things like that. Uh, Banks says his resignation had nothing to do with with any of this, and he has very good and powerful attorney Ben Brofman representing him. And uh, I can't uh, say, say say otherwise. I will say, you know, from a credulity perspective, it's a lot. Um, and this is who Adams brought back and puts above the police commissioner, having promised to appoint a, a woman as police commissioner, which he does. He's close with the family, in part through the Banks family, 100 Blacks in law enforcement. Banks' brother, David, is the uh, education commissioner, formerly led the, the Eagle Academy. But it raises questions. And, of course, Adams likes to go to the, this perfectly imperfect setup. And I was arrested once when I was a kid, and I believe in second chances. And there's something very compelling and uh, Christian, about that, if you start tracking who's getting the second chances and how exactly, you know, you might you might start raising some questions. Um, Katie, to get out of the uh, uh, the palace intrigue weeds for a minute, um, why 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 can't we take the train to the airport? It's uh, uh like <laughs> what's wrong with this place? Yeah, um, as it was reported, the air train deal is dead. Um, I mean, it never made much sense to me, given the direction of it, um, having a terminus, presumably near Willits Point, you know, at the second to last stop of the seven railroad goes there as well. So it just never made any sense that, you know, if you are a person going to the airport and you're taking public transportation from Manhattan or Brooklyn, you would go past the airport to then travel further to then go back. And with your luggage, presumably. With your luggage. You know, you could and get off in Woodside. Possibly. You can get off in Woodside and take the Q70. You can get off in Jackson Heights and take the Q70. So there's like, you know, at that point, either Woodside or Jackson Heights, there's a railroad, the 7, the EFMR. You could all take to take a bus there. So, and, you know, and I, I live by the Q70 in Woodside. And, and what bothers me is it is the most confusing spot on purpose. No signage, no proper lighting. Um, it's under... You know, you can't really do much to help the bird poof, poop, but um, that is an issue. Uh, and I just never understood, you know, you're going to spend billions at this point. It was estimated to cost uh, more than $2 billion to build this huge air train 
when I don't know, why don't you just make it nicer from the Q70? And and the the new proposal also will include a shuttle bus from the NW in Astoria, but um, you know, that is sort of what we're dealing with. Uh it just I don't understand how costs I mean, maybe I can't understand how costs can go from four hundred and fifty million dollars in twenty fifteen to two point four billion in twenty twenty three. But um, you know, I know there was a lot of community pushback. The in East Elmhurst, they were kind of worried about it. Um, it just never seemed to make much sense. And again, it was being billed as a one-seat ride when it actually was many seats, unless you happen to live um what next to Wells Point, or if you can you could be living in downtown Flushing and walk to get it. I guess that would technically be a one-seat ride. Um, but yeah, it didn't make much sense to me. This was I mean, a Katie, Cuomo. Yeah. Sorry, Katie, I just have a quick question, just because this ballooning of the price tag, you know, it seems as though I, I'm, I've been super critical of the Second Avenue subway because we're using plans from like 50 years ago. And then it's like every time we find a new bobby pin, we've got to stop and like, you know, bring the archaeologist. And it doesn't seem like we're looking internationally. So many other cities have, you know, Bogota, you know, loads of cities in Europe. They've figured out express buses, express rails in different ways. Why is it that like our transportation system, is it just corruption or is it uh, incompetence and ineptitude. Like, why are we going from like 550 million to like billions of dollars and we still don't have a product and it's, communities are still, you know, isolated from the city? Yeah. I mean, but even like, would this wouldn't make anyone any less isolated? You know, the whole thing was a bizarre, when it was first announced, it was sort of this, uh, some people were saying, you know, it's just for, um, it would be useful if you live on Long Island, you know, you can Come east, park your car in a, in a large parking lot, and then take the railroad, uh, the the light rail there. I don't think it was actually going to improve connections for anyone else living in most of the five boroughs. Um, but yeah, it gets labor costs. It's 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 just these estimates of how much things cost. I didn't read the EIS, so I can't tell you the exact details as to why it was estimated to be so much. But this is the get on the Q70. And, you know, the whole point was they wanted to get cars off the Grand Central, fewer people taking Ubers. But it just didn't seem to make much sense. Um, to to spend all this money to build this. Mm-hmm. Speaking of such a contracts and what doesn't doesn't make sense. Uh, the Daily News reported today that a uh, new contract that involves the building of the new jail in Brooklyn, that's one of the borough jails that is supposed to replace Rikers, has such a time frame that uh, this new facility would not possibly open until two years. After uh, after Rikers is is supposed to be closed, so that's uh, sort of the distant future wags. And as Eric Adams, who inherited this closed Rikers plan, has talked a lot about a plan B, while saying somehow he's also on board with the closure. Um, so that's on the very slow side. And then on the fast side, uh, the Adams administration announced yesterday that it is opening two new big uh, migrant shelters. Herks, uh, which Katie, we should we're talking about this offline. We should talk about who is actually running those on behalf of the city. One's in a commercial building in Brooklyn, and the other, as the New York Post reports, is in uh, the building, uh, the, the office tower that had had the twenty four seven McDonald's until the pandemic in Times Square. And these two facilities are opening very quickly. There's one hundred and three emergency shelters in total. Um, uh, for for many thousands of people. Katie, what do we know about how much these are costing, how much people are using them, who's actually running them for the city, 
and all that with these uh, so-called HERCs, which is an acronym for Humanitarian Emergency Response Relief Center. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> we had, re- you know, reported and yeah, other people had reported it as well, obviously, but, you know, these are the HERCs themselves are being operated by um, the city's public hospital system. And uh-huh. yeah, so that was, but the, you know, the shelters are run by DHS and, and most of the people, most of, there's more people living in, in the city shelter system than they are the HERCs, but obviously the HERCs are the sort of bigger deal in terms of, um, the production of getting them up and off the ground, you know, OEM is, is involved sort of, but it's not the same level. You know, these are being operated by health and hospitals. Um, when I asked them, why do they operate? They don't really, they don't operate shelters. I guess they do work with some emergency shelters and, and housing when they're getting people, like, let's say you have someone who's homeless, um, who's in a, a public hospital and then they have to, they still need care, but they can't go back to a shelter. They, they work on that. But, um, you know, it was an odd to many people, uh, some some people who were looking at the budget, especially a coalition for the homeless, they thought it was a way to skirt these state and city regulations in the right to shelter law and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, you know, looking at the contracts, it's it, the cost sort of changes week to week in terms of how much it, it actually does cost to house the migrants and it's going up and up. And, um, you know, they're closing the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, opening two more centers. Um, it's, it's just a lot of movement um, as there's continued to be migrants coming in. So obviously there's a ton of moving parts here in the city's release about this, like the, the, the email they sent, you know, they, they stress directly. And, 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 and again, as, as uh, the mayor himself has done repeatedly that like there's basically no outside help. And that includes from uh, the Biden administration uh, or, or Hochul for that matter. Um, given that, and all the contingencies involved, including no real clarity about how many how many people are coming, how many of them are necessarily going to stay in New York. Uh, like, is this uh, Kitty? You're, you're a reporter. You can't judge what's happening. Both these new shelters would be for single men, by the way, and they're partly mm-hmm. for the men who were supposed to be at the uh, Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, although very few were there, and that in any case has to close as the. Uh, Cruise season starts and ships start docking there, um, but but like, ha- has the city been transparent and clear enough about what's happening, uh, what it costs, and how this is working? I also know that that some of the volunteer groups that have been at uh, at the bus terminal are concerned they're going to be lack- locked out of this new twenty four seven welcome center that's been announced. Although we still don't know when it's going to open or where it'll be. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. It, it was. First of all, there's a lot of confusion too. Um, OEM's commissioner last week gave the wrong f- amount in a budget hearing as to how much this all costs. Um, it's just very confusing figuring out what that daily cost is, the cost per person. Um, so far, the Adams administration has spent nearly a billion dollars on the housing, the feeding, and I guess also th- they're providing services to everyone uh, who's in these shelters. And, and even that in terms of what kind of services are being offered. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's not as much, you know, we had to get the contracts through. They don't, the contracts for the HERCs, it's not like they're getting through checkbook, which is the city controller's contracting system. That is why some people speculated they went through health and hospitals because it's a corporation, it's a different system. Um, but once we obtain them and even sort of the the MOU for this, just sifting through what it all meant, um, how much it could cost and, 
just even how long some of these people are expected to stay. I know that was part of what they signed when you come in as, as one of these asylum seekers. They, you, you kind of sign off knowing that this is – acknowledging that this is not a permanent housing situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to continue to look for transparency on this and what the mayor is saying about it and how much everything could cost. Uh, stay tuned, as they, they say. Um, we'll have much more on all the news very soon. But right now, please stick around for our first post credit surprise musical show featuring none other than John Langford of the legendary Mekons. Been making punk country and many other sorts of music since uh, before I was born, and who performed earlier this month in Alphabet City at an event convened by a longtime journalist and friend of the pod. Mark Jacobson, and that's shared here with John's generous permission. Let's get to it. FAQ. This has been FAQ NYC. We're part of the city, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc slash give if you'd like to pitch in. We're an affiliate of NYU's McSilver Institute of Poverty Policy and Research and a proud member of the Brickhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists. Find it all at popula.com. Our hosts for this episode were me, Christina Greer, Katie Honan, and Harry Siegel, who's also our executive producer. Our engineer is Adam Kamara. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be well, be warm, and we'll be back soon with more. If you're not still here, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Hello? That was a sincere request on the way into the bathroom from somebody. Well, they've gone home. Oh, I would love to listen to it. Really? Yeah. 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 So yeah. difficult. Oi, person who wanted deep sea diver, I'm going to try and do it. Yeah. They're in the bathroom. So hard to fathom, so hard to explain. My body's so heavy, I'm sinking again. On a delicate line There's a man on the pump I hope he's a friend of mine Everything I ever wanted Things I came to expect They were all on the surface Now I'm down in the depths Just looking for sex I'm caught in the wreckage With the other old wrecks I'm like a deep sea diver Trying to come up too fast Sometimes 
bend backwards, see that nothing can last. Like a deep sea diver, the light is so dim. Vision is cloudy, I'll never come up again. Pressure is mounting inside my suit. Yellow water is oozing inside my boots. I've had a skin full of the rough stuff and a cap full of mats. Now I'm caught in the wreckage with the other old racks. I'm like a deep sea diver, tried to come up too fast. And bend backwards, see that nothing can last. Like a deep sea diver, face down in the drain. Where the dredges are dredging, and the ships will all sink. Mark was pogoing before I saw him. <laughs> about something from Hockey Town. What? Something from Hockey Town. That's oh, quite difficult things you ask for. Uh, Alright. This is called Keep On Hopping. There's a bust of Winston Churchill in the corner. Broken feet will counsel to the blind As the smell of petrol drags in from the car outside the door The old glass eye has had its day by Christmas There's talk of death in some familiar lives And I'm in our pain in illnesses and pain The wet behind the ears just can't fill the shoes that size Keep on hopping, oh, little tended arms and legs out in the big white world. Keep on hopping, oh, waiting for the day to dawn and fate to cast the die. Violin solo. Imagine it, it'd be great if there was a violinist here. You bastards. Keep on hopping. Oh, little 
stunted arms and legs out in the big wide world Keep on humming, oh Waiting for the day to dawn and fate to cast the die Faster and faster, I'm sorry. This one has audience participation in it. At one point in the song, I'm not going to bandy about this, but at a certain point in the song, you just shout arsehole at me as loud as you can. Hello! That sound, that sound like fun? Sound like fun? Oh, yeah. I'm, these are my, I'm glad it's night and these are my pips. Get your fucking get, get on it. The old 97s covered this song of mine. I was just on a boat with them and we did it on a boat and it was lovely. And I still get checks for like $13.24 every uh, quarter. It's good, it's good. Well, I work hard and I got lots of money. I tried hard, but I don't want to stay. I've seen too much trouble, I felt too much pressure bubble. I knew there had to be a better way I wouldn't mind if you thought I was worth it Or you slapped me down when I misbehaved But everybody knows I've got flunkies here in tow To clean up all the messes that I've made And I'm, I'm going over the cliff I'm going over the cliff it's hard to tell if life is a burden or a gift I'm going over the cliff So forgive me and forget me everybody You know I always have this on the street Sick of all the balling, the bitching and the balling yeah, Sick of feeling powerless and weak So please don't call me cool, just call me asshole I'm going over the cliff Success on someone else's terms don't mean a fucking thing I'm going over the cliff In New York and LA they're sending faxes So the company can wash their hands of this But there was no one there to look after me or care I'm going over the cliff the point. Well, I'm going over the point. Yeah. 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 Feels good, doesn't it? Shouting asshole at a stranger in a bar. Feel the best feeling ever. We're not strangers. <laughs> not that strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to complain some more. Pandemic original. Can we wait a bit more? Can we hear a pandemic original? I did three pandemic originals. Another one. Another one? Oh, bloody hell, alright. Well, this one I, I think I 
wrote before the pandemic, but before the pandemic, it was recorded and released during the pandemic. How's that? Close enough. Soldiers coming home. From another holy war Did you fight to win or are you losers? You walk back into a game show Where the fortunate will spend And beggars won't be choosers Yeah, I'll walk a mile in your shoes And this is what I'll say I have your shoes and now I'm a mile away And the gap's been getting wider every hour Since Reagan came to power Miners in a coal field Who don't go underground Workers in the rust belt, your factory shut down. You've been replaced by robots and slave labor, and I'm not coming to save you. No, I'll walk a mile in your shoes, but your shoes do not fit. My shoes are better, and the heels go click, click, click. They march in time and they follow orders Dragging children to the border Yeah, I'll walk a mile in your shoes But you know I'd rather ride so my little hands can wander anywhere that they decide From sea to shining sea, I will abuse you I am growing like a tumour Now scientists and teachers, you're not needed anymore Legal and illegal, fear that knocking on your door the mission is to frighten and confuse you, distract and call you losers. You're all losers, 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 losers. Now we're all losing. Thank you very much. One more. One more. One more. All right. Uh, this one. If anyone likes the key E, this is a really great song. If you have the instruments with you, if you want to join in, it's just all E most of the time. So, where's the man with the saxophone? No. I'm not really a soldier 
I'm more likely to die by cardiac or cancer than the eye in the sky that follows them home right in through their windows and they'll never know well they'll never know when I was a young boy I played all the games Straight out of grad school, someone gave them my name. So I drifted into a job with good pay. Through traffic and construction, I drive in every day. So don't call me a coward I know what is allowed I'm like a god with a thunderbolt Sitting on a big white cloud I'm a drone operator I got targets to scan Drinking coffee with one eye on the ground in the tribal lands. Yeah, I'm a drone operator. I am part of a team. Well, I'll study my monitor, wipe some dust from the screen. It didn't look like a wedding, it really wasn't my call. When it all was over, we went to a bar, drank beer and watched basketball. Politicians find so hard to explain. So please don't complain. No pain, no pain. And when this bar is closed, I'll follow you home. I'll follow you home. In through your window. Well, you'll never know. Well, you'll never know I follow you home In through your window And you'll never know You'll never know I'm a drone operator I'm a drone operator 
I have certain boundary issues. We can talk about them later. When I follow you home, I follow you home. In through your window, you'll never know. You'll never know. Thanks very much for coming. You, um, we'll be doing this again and you'll be notified. You will be notified.